630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. All right, Ross wins the four-pack of Eskimos tickets to the game on Friday. He knew that it was Ottawa. Jim Don Levy's U of A Golden Bears beat in 1980 to win the Vanier Cup. Several people texting into 630-630 that there was a Def Leppard episode of Pawn Stars where they were checking out a Phil Collin guitar and cool. that Phil and lead singer Joe Elliott were uh, on the show in the store and checking out the guitar. I'll have to check that out. There you go. Or maybe it'll be on in the next week and a half. My cousin is here as he endlessly watches Pawn Stars intervention Storage Wars and Bar Manager. Bar Rescue. Bar Rescue. Thank bar you. Bar Rescue. Bar Manager sounds like a video game. <laughs> like, Probably you know, is a video Sim- game called Sims Bar Manager. Bar Manager or something like that. And another texter says, according to IMDB, there is an untitled Indiana Jones project due in 2021. Ugh. Awesome. Better have short... They could have a grown-up short round. The actor who played short round must be, what, he'd be like 40 by now. Wouldn't he be a long round now? <laughs> no, he'd be old round. Old round. <laughs> that's that's right. Okay, thanks a lot for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins. I'm pleased to welcome the catcher from the Edmonton Prospects to the show, Jake Gary. Jake, how are you doing? Great, great, Reed. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for popping on the show tonight. Congratulations on making the playoffs well, you guys didn't make it easy on yourselves, but you pulled it out. Tell me what it was like playing through all these games this weekend. Well, like you said, it uh, it wasn't easy. Uh, seven games in five days. I know uh, that was the first for me and a uh, first for a lot of the other guys on the team, uh, especially playing full nine-inning games. Uh, it was a lot, and I know we're, uh, we're enjoying victory and enjoying these next two days off. Now, didn't you have because you played Thursday and then wasn't was it Friday's game you had to finish on Saturday and then still play two other games? <laughs> yeah, that was that was weird. We got uh, gotten to the second inning uh, and then had to finish it the next day, finish the full nine, and uh, ended up playing a full nine and then a seven and then another nine. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, that was quite the day. <laughs> All right, uh, so you won all of those, and you won twice more on on Saturday, and then basically going into yesterday's game, you knew if you won, you'd clinched it, right? Yeah, yeah. So what was, I mean, what did the guys do to stay upbeat, to stay energized, so fatigue didn't set in over the weekend? Did you do anything special? I think just having having the thought in the back of our mind that if we, we can tough it out, we win these games, that we get to go play Okotoks. Uh, I know that was uh, that's in in, uh, in the guys' head. Uh, a lot of the guys that have been on the team for multiple years kind of have a have a rivalry against them and really want to knock them out of the playoffs again. And uh, I think that's something that the team's looking forward to having a chance to do. All right, it's a best of three division semifinal. It starts in Okotoks on Thursday. You guys are at home on Friday at Remax Field. If they need a third and deciding game, it'll be back in Okotoks on Saturday. So we wish you best of luck in that. Jake, tell me a little bit about yourself. You grew up in Washington State, is that true? 
Yes, that is true. What's what's your hometown? Uh, uh, Buckley, Washington. And where is that? Uh, it's a pretty pretty small town. It is north of Seattle, uh, or yeah, north of Seattle, about an hour. So you're um, pretty much Canadian, and, then. Uh, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a very very small town. Uh, I grew up. Uh, um, actually, Edgar Harrell, um, who's also a member of the Prospects, is my cousin. And we grew up and uh, grew up playing baseball together, played high school baseball together, and so now um, now we're now we're back playing baseball together. Two small town boys up here in Edmonton. How did you wind up with the prospects? Tell me about being recruited to come here. Uh, my college coach actually put me in touch with Jordan, and after I heard all of the uh, all of the perks that came along with being a prospect. Um, I looked up, did, did some Googling of Edmonton, some, uh, some of the surrounding area. It, uh, it seemed like somewhere that I'd fit in, somewhere that I'd like to go. And uh, the WCBL is a very competitive league. And uh, I came up here to get better and uh, hopefully bring, bring a championship to Edmonton. I was all, you, you mentioned your college coach. Jake, I was hoping you could tell people where you're going to school and and what you're studying and, and and don't be shy because from what i've read about you you're, you're a pretty intelligent lad I, I go to yale university um and i study economics and computer science and what's your goal with that um i i hope to own my own company one day um i uh you know working a nine-to-five job. I uh, probably have to do that at some point, but I would really like to have my own business one day. Uh, and I understand you've been you've been pretty successful academically, so where does that come from? And, and tell me a little bit about balancing sports with academics. Uh, it's, it's definitely been tough. I know, um, you know sports have always have, have, they've taken kind of the front seat to social life, which has all taken the back seat to academics. Um so, you know, college is it's a, it's a juggling act of uh, you know, trying to hang out with your friends and playing baseball and, of course, all those hours of studying. And it helps that, you know, some of my best friends are on the baseball team. So practices and, you know, baseball-related activities, you know, we're all having fun hanging out together. Um, but it's, it's always something academic that I've, that I've put for, uh, firsthand, and um, I, I'm grateful that I did because uh, I'm happy where I'm at. Yeah, well, it sounds like you're doing uh, really well, and you got a bright future for sure. T- was that tough to move across uh, the country to go from Washington to, to Yale? Must have been a bit of a bit of a decision that had to be made there. Yeah, it, it's definitely weird. Um, I know uh, the, the team definitely made it made it very easy. They're very welcoming. Um, the college itself, um, we had a you know, big freshman orientation where they had everybody uh, get settled in. And um, the, the time difference is still weird. So I'll go to call my mom when I wake up, but she's still asleep, and, and I'll be going to bed when they're eating dinner. Uh, so it's kind of weird, uh, weird dynamic with that. But um, and I, I like the East Coast. I like being out there, and, uh, and I wouldn't, wouldn't go anywhere else. All right, and I got—I I always ask people who aren't from Edmonton about the the weather here. Your game on Friday was delayed because of that. Well, and pushed back the next day because of that crazy storm. How do some of the thunderstorms you've seen here compare to the any severe weather you might have got back home in Washington? Oh, it's it's insane. Um, I've never seen anything like this. Uh, that Friday game that got delayed, there was 
you could see a wave, just one massive cloud coming towards us. And it went either direction as far as you could see. And uh, it, was, it was definitely a sight. And actually, I put Fort Mac one time where the game get delayed uh, because of a thunderstorm. And it was, I mean, it was right above us. And it's uh, definitely an experience. Um, it was really cool to be there. Well, Jake, it's really cool what the prospects put together here over the weekend. Thanks for letting us get to know you a little bit here tonight. All the best against Okotoks. We'll be keeping an eye on game one on Thursday. Thanks for your time. Yep, thank you. That is Jake Gary checking in tonight. Catcher for your Edmonton prospects. They had to do it. They had to sweep the homestand to get in. Seven games in five days over the weekend. They did it. They're postseason bound. Blake Dermott, when we get back. This is Don Yanama of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. And Unamba looks good to return to the Eskimos lineup on Friday against the Ottawa Red Blacks. The Eskimos are home, which means there's a pretty good chance they're going to win. They have not been very good on the road as they lost in Calgary on Saturday. To discuss that and more, our Eskimos analyst here on 630 Chad, Blake Dermott. Blake, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Reed. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you on the show, and obviously we're going to talk in a couple of minutes here about the Eskimos' latest game against the Calgary Stampeders, but we had lost Coach Jim Donlevy over the weekend and someone you knew very well. And Blake, I know this isn't fair to ask you to, to maybe try to sum up some things in a couple of minutes, but can you just touch on maybe the impact Coach Donlevy had, had on you at that time in your life? Well, I was... Uh when I first met Coach John Levy, I was only about 17 years old, and uh, when I went to the university, I was 17 at the beginning of the season, and he was uh, really, you know, outside of my high school coaches, uh, the the first, you know, real football coach that I had, because now you're playing, when you're at the university level, you're starting to play pretty real football, and uh, um you know, it was one of those things where, you know, and I had a lot of other coaches that that were, uh, of course, a part of that. We had a great coaching staff. We had a lot of success in the years that I was there. And uh, he was uh, he was just a leader and a mentor. You know, he was um, – one thing that Coach Don Levy believed in, and, he, like, he surrounded himself with really good people. And uh, as I said, w- there was a lot of really good coaches that were on that staff. And, and, and as a head coach um, – you know, you you are in charge of making the ultimate decisions on certain plays, but other than that, your your good people are responsible for putting the team together. And uh, and he was great at that. I I, uh, I I enjoyed playing for the Bears when I did, and uh, I ne- earned an awful lot. And obviously, it was a stepping stone for me to play after that. We had you guys on together in December. We set it up so you called in in the middle of an interview we, we were having with Jim, which was pretty fun. Obviously, you, you would have stayed in touch at least to some degree after your playing name, days. What was the relationship like once it was no longer sort of the, the, the coach-athlete relationship? It was just you know two men involved in sport and, and involved in football. That must have been pretty cool for that to, to continue as, as you got into your career and into adulthood. Well, yeah, and, and and it's really weird because that's one thing about sports is uh, you know as I as you as you get older, obviously you know you you become you become a man, and uh, but he always had that same relationship, and even you know the coaches I had in, in, with the Eskimos or anything after that that you, you didn't I never I never called him coach. It's like you you don't call your dad by his first name. You or, I mean, sorry, I don't call him Jim. I called him coach, and I would always call him coach because that's what he was to me. 
it, it was important and and uh and uh, I don't think I ever called him Jim. It was every time I saw him was, hey, coach, how you doing? You know, and, and he always had a smile. And he was always asking about how you and your family was doing. And uh, because, because good coaches and, and good mentors believe that, that uh, and, and that's the way they live, that developing a person is probably just as uh, more important than developing the athlete. And uh, that was always really important to him. Well, well said, Blake. Thanks for sharing those memories, and it's been interesting and, uh, you know, really rewarding reading all the memories of Jim. We're, we're going to miss him, but certainly a huge impact on, on you and a lot of people, so that's really cool. Shifting gears, Blake, the Edmonton Eskimos now down to 4-3 and three on the season and a 24-18 loss to the Calgary Stampeders. Man, it was one of those games, Blake, I, I, despite the first half, I, I felt it was there for the taking, and there were moments they, they looked like they were going to take it, but I, but I felt like the Eskimos gave that one away. Well, I look at their three losses this year, and and every one of them was the same. Like, uh, when you look at the, and before the game, I said to, to the guys on on the broadcast that there are three things that the Eskimos, if they can do these things, if they can if they can be close to averaging or average what they do on a normal game uh, offensively, which was I think 425 yards, and I think they got 401 net yards in that game, so they're over 400 yards time of possession if they win the time of possession battle and they won the time of possession battle and then uh you know the uh, the uh i can't even remember what the third one was at that time but oh your you, your defense does not allow very close to what they're averaging which was 234 yards per game is all the defense has been allowing and they they were 401 they won time of possession and they allowed less than 230 yards and when you look at those three key things how do you lose that game? Well, you lose that game because uh, because you are uh, giving up 270 yards on special teams returns, and and that was a thing that just absolutely killed the Eskimos. It wasn't offensively, even though they gave away the whole first half, didn't get any points, and they they only managed, I think it was uh, like 80 yards of total offense in that first half, but they. Calgary wasn't much better. These were two very good defensive teams going at it in that first half. But but Edmonton, again, you know, there were certain times in the game, timely penalties. Uh, they were lucky in that they had one touchdown, uh, Calgary's touchdown called back on special teams. So Calgary inflicted as much pain on themselves, special teams, but they, they were under 100 yards. I think they were 88 yards, and Calgary's about 80 yards in penalties. Uh, but... But those other, that other aspect, that special teams part of the game, which has not been an issue up to this point in the season. The Eskimos have done, other than their return game isn't that strong. Um, and obviously they, they, they've uh, worked to correct that uh, just uh, uh, yesterday, getting rid of uh, or trading um, Kenny Stafford um, and, and for a returner. Uh, so, so they're trying to identify an issue there, but it wasn't the returner that gave up 270 yards of, uh, of, of returns. The special teams unit had a tough day. Blake Dermott, our Eskimos analyst, joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Eskimos coming off a 24-18 loss to Calgary. They will host Ottawa on Friday. When you look, there are a lot of questions about the offense, and they've been really good at times this season, but obviously didn't score in the first half against Calgary. There were some passes on on second and long that, that were thrown less than the distance needed to get the first down so fans watching will always be a little bit frustrated about that what 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 are your overall thoughts of the because like you said they, they do get yards and they do get time of possession that's not always turning into points what what did you see against the stampeders 
You know, the thing that, uh, you know, when people question that, it's it's their first down production is, is a critical thing for the Eskimos. And, and uh, in that game, they had a tough time getting production on first down, so they were in second and long a relatively large amount of times. And, and defenses will sit back and let you have the short stuff and take away all the long stuff. And and that's what that's why they were, you know, uh, um, Trevor Harris was dumping the ball short and, and it wasn't close to getting a first down, and that was frustrating. And you, you wanted to say you've got to stretch them, you've got to take a chance at it. And what did they do in the second half? Here's Calgary who hadn't given up a pass longer than 30 yards all season, and Edmonton torched them on that first touchdown to, uh, to Collins Jr., just... They, and, and, you, and you wonder, okay, well, why weren't they taking those chances earlier in the game? Now, I don't know what the decision-making was, and, and I don't, it's very difficult to be critical of any of the play calling because so much of every play, uh, virtually every play, a quarterback has the opportunity to check down or check away from it, from what's called. So, so I can't say that I, I don't want to point the finger at, uh, at Trevor Harris, and I certainly don't want to point the finger at the Jason Moss with respect to the play calling because because once the once the the play is blown in anything can, anything can happen there can be changes made but obviously the decisions that were made whether it be through Trevor Harris in the first half limited what Edmonton could do by the success they had with their offense and if they had one or two if they would have had one longer drive earlier in the game that that you know that that challenged them deep attempted to go deep with them and having some success or even no success but showing them that you're not afraid to go deep on them might have changed the way Calgary defensed them, uh, you know, the way they ran their defense in that first half. Obviously it did in the second half because the Eskimos ended up with over 300 yards of offense in one half. So they came out with a, with a, a different plan for the second half. And, and it's very difficult in any league to give up 30 minutes and try to be able to, uh, to be able to win the game in the, in the, last, half of the, uh, the last half of the game with 30 minutes to go. It's difficult to do. Uh, especially when you're playing against as talented a group as Calgary is, and and they've been playing pretty well lately. You know, going into this game, I thought that I thought, and I still believe this, and I believe this about Winnipeg too, and I believe this about Montreal, that the Eskimos are a better team than the teams that they've lost to. When when you look at how they've lost those games, it had nothing to do with the other team. It was how the Eskimos executed, and and from that standpoint, that's positive. Being seven three is disappointing because they should be. They should be five and one, at, and uh, at, or sorry, five and two at worst, I think. And and if you would ask the Eskimos at the beginning of the season, if it, at that point in the season you'd be five and two, they'd be happy with it. But four and three, I think they're disappointed in that. Blake, appreciate you checking in. Thanks for your memories of Coach Don Levy and for your thoughts on the Eskimos. They are back at it on Friday against the Ottawa Red Blacks. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks a lot, Reed. Always good to have Blake Dermott on the show as we wind down an abbreviated edition of Inside Sports. I'm going to pass the mic over to Morley Scott. It's the weekly coaches show with Jason Moss. Usually this is on Mondays, but because of the holiday yesterday, we bring it to you this Tuesday. And of course, they are getting set to host the Red Blacks on Friday. We'll have a little bit on new kick returner Christian Jones, who's coming back in for the Eskimos. Looks like we're finally going to see Don Unamba. Haven't seen him since the last play of the first half of the first game of the season. All coming up. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer. My name is Reed Wilkins. Talk to you tomorrow. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.